Welcome to Rudderless, the podcast where two strangers give you completely unqualified advice. This is Ty, and I'm here with Nathan. Ring, ring. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hey. Hi. Hi. Um, what are you doing here? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just picked up the phone. Here you were. And now that you're here, I figured we might as well answer some questions for people. That's so funny because I was just wondering if you wanted to answer some dope advice questions without any expertise. Yeah, that is so, my, that's my area of expertise is answering without expertise, actually. Nice. No expertise, expertise. Yeah. Oh, hey, just mm. before we start, I have some hot gossip. Oh, you have some hot gossip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you like okay. how I just, okay, go ahead. All right. So one of my favorite meditation teachers is Sarah Blondin. Love her. I love her. She's she, the best. Yeah, she, makes she is. Cry. She makes me like cry. Make me cry. Yes, they make me cry. I tremble because it's like so difficult. Like the area of self love, self respect, whatever is like so difficult for me. And mm -hmm. she breaks through that. So anyway, I found out that Sarah Blondin used to be on The Bachelor. And we just talked about The Bachelor, like, episode nine. So, so I just Sarah, thought that Sarah was... Blondin, sorry, yeah. Sarah Blondin, the meditation teacher. Yes. Um, lifestyle guru type savior of white women everywhere. She's on Insight Timer. She has a ton of meditations on there, which I love. I love her series on there. Um, you're telling me that she was on your favorite TV show, The Bachelor? Yes. And I feel like that, I mean, okay, so this was like 19 years ago. And she, okay. I looked it up. I did all this research because I was freaking out because I thought that really displayed poor judgment. Right. Like who on earth, I, I still struggle to understand like the values of someone who would go on a show like that where it's just brutality like emotional brutality that you can ex expect so anyway she um i had to do all this research <laughs> to make myself feel better and like understand how this could have happened and yeah. my conclusion is that it's not our present sarah blondin who was on the show you know it was like oh, okay. a version like 19 years ago when she was 23 and I definitely made lots of like reckless, stupid, terrible decisions when I was 23. So I could relate. That seems could, fair. That yeah. That seems like a generous and considered reaction. I mean, well, I'm kind of being condescending. Some crazy shit 19 years ago. Like, yeah. Don't people often come to meditation and yoga and all that stuff? I know I did kind of after they've, figured some shit out or like after some time yeah so i think your assessment of her is like that's young sarah blondin that's not the one that 
that touches us and makes us cry and helps us meditate. Yeah. That's baby Sarah Blondin who was still figuring it out. Yes. That's my way to reconcile these two truths. I'll allow it. Thank you. Thank you for the, take it the well. validation. Yeah. Always necessary, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. So life questions for 600. Okay. Um, how much self-care is too much? When do I say, all right, I'm good? And by that, I mean, shit's not hitting the fan so I can relax for a bit. So I feel like this question just gets more complicated the further we go into it. And to me, shit's not hitting the fan so I can relax. And that means not do self-care. That's not... <laughs> that's I don't know I'm trying to wrap my head around it like you don't need to do self-care because like when just because shit is hitting the fan you do self-care ahead of time to make right. sure you can regulate your emotions when shit does hit the fan right it's accumulative like yes we talked about before like you can skip a day of xyz but when you start skipping it consistently then you notice the domino effect of other things happening and and feeling out of control so but are they saying they think they might have a problem i think i think so like i've never heard hmm. (laughs) i've never heard or considered that people might actually like want to do self-care you know, like, right. I know self-care feels good, but it's, like, the last thing I want to do. And so the, the image, I mean, it feels good, like, after a time. Like, in the right. moment, you're like, this is a fucking waste of time. What am I doing? Right. It's so counterintuitive for something that should be intuitive. Yeah. You know, taking it's, care of yourself. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. It's non-productive in a capitalist society. Right. So, yeah, I feel like they're asking because they might, they think they might be doing too much self-care. My gauge would be if you get into, like, one, how often you get into crisis situations. Because uh, for me, it's like a couple times a week that I'm having some kind of, like, emotional crisis. Okay. <laughs> and then, two, like, if you... How do you handle it during those times? Like, do you feel pretty adept? Are you like a sailor who's been on a boat for like five years and the boat is in a storm? And so you're used to that shit and you can still like walk around on deck and do all the boaty things you need to do? Or are you like, where's the fucking lifeboat? Like, I got to jump out, you know? Yeah. I, I want more details for the, from this question. Yeah. This person. Um, I think I can I think I can get us more details in time. I know who asked the question. The part that's really baffling is that this person has a child, like a small child. I've never heard okay, of- so you're just not there's just no way that you're doing enough self care. Yeah. Like, small, I mean- like under five ish, under ten child. Yes, under yeah. five, maybe five. I don't know. I'm terrible at you know what? Living children. Self care yeah. it up. There's yeah. absolutely no way that you're doing too much self care with a, a kid that young that you're taking care of. You're fine. Don't worry about it. 
I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've ne- I've literally never heard a parent um, doing enough self care. Honestly, so if you get to the point where you feel like you're maybe doing too much, you're probably in a good spot. Right. Yeah, like the kid's not, you know, starving or chained to a radiator or anything. No. They're probably doing fine. Yeah, I saw their kid the other day, and the kid was just a delight, and the parents seemed to be, like, present there with them, really connected, tuned into them, and wow, I mean, keep doing whatever you're doing. If you feel like you're doing too much, like, forget about that and just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Solved. Solved. All right. Juicier question. Okay. How do you undo it when you let yourself fall for someone? So say they aren't interested for whatever reason, or maybe they don't swing that way. And I add mm-hmm. the last part on because as a bisexual or pansexual teenager and woman, like I have just so much experience falling for straight girls and straight women. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, it's just really painful. Part of the, the struggle <laughs> that adds to the like burden of the stigma for being bisexual, I feel like is just possibly not having a queer enough community, or maybe this is the case for most queer kids when they're growing up, but just like feeling like you're so alone. And then, hmm. and then like you keep falling for these people who don't even like, it's less than knowing that you're alive. Like they don't know that you're alive, nor do they have any conception that like a creature like you might exist. So it just feels that seems so isolating. It's very forlorn feeling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. How do you undo it when you let yourself fall for someone? I well, yeah. I what mean, first of all, I was gonna ask you if I wrote this question. <laughs> Did you? But I don't believe I did. No. Um, I could have. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I don't know. I w- I would love to hear from other people about what they have done on that one. Okay. Um, my personal experience is that you have to detach. Yes. You just have to rip the Band-Aid off. It's not going to happen. It's lovely to think that it would happen, but it's not. And you need to find another outlet for your that energy Mm -hmm. whatever that is whether that's you know physical or some type of I don't need to tell you what to do you'll figure it out but you can't um you can't just pine for somebody who doesn't give a fuck yeah yeah you're interested in them in that way or even at all right so you have to cut it off that's my advice yeah my advice also is step away um stop spending time with them take a break from whatever friendship or whatever you had and stop like do not let yourself go down the path of fantasizing about them in any way Mm. like that it could work out or maybe they'll change their mind or none of this like hanging on to shreds of hope stuff yeah yeah because that's just going to put you 
in a miserable spot anytime you're around them. And I've also, I've had, um, used to have this happen like fairly often in my youth and twenties where I thought I was friends with someone. I thought we were just like mutually friends and okay. could like nothing else occurred to me. Right. And then mm -hmm. they would end up like exploding with rage at some point over the fact oh. that I, I wasn't interested in them. In a like romance obsessed with you in that way but you just totally didn't know yeah or i i mean i don't know if i would call it obsessed but apparently these people are just like waiting around like pining and hoping that something will happen without them having to make it happen and mm -hmm. i i had no idea i'm like the worst for telling when someone is interested in me like whatsoever so yeah, that just that made me really paranoid and like don't don't be that person if you do have feelings for someone and you know they're not reciprocated, like take mm -hmm. it have some fucking dignity about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, let me tell you something. You you, <laughs> you have to have some you have to have some respect for yourself and don't you can't just like silently pine and not ever say anything and then explode in a rage, like get to the bottom of it. And I'm speaking as like an introvert and a quiet person. You have to find out if the possibility is there or not. Right. First. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then you have to move on, but it's not the other person's fault that yeah. a, you have never expressed that interest in any sort of explicit way. I'm talking you know, obviously, like, safe conversation. Right. And B, if they're not interested, that's your problem. Sorry, it's yeah. been my problem. That's just the way it shakes out. Yeah, they don't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. No matter, no matter what, like, they told you before, whatever, like, you just have to move on and try to, um, yeah, fo I agree, focus the energies elsewhere. Yep. There are um, so many things that you could be doing with your time and you're wasting it on this fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, as far as specific tips, distraction is great for a while if you can just let them fade from your mind. I know... Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know when when you and I broke up, like that was that was like the worst. That was super hard. Mm. I'm assuming for both of us, and I just like I could not let the attachment go, and also be in touch with you. And so I just like stopped being in touch because I I was like I'm not I'm not moving on. Well, this is still like uh you know working like a whatever while we're still yeah. in touch i just can't move on and i think no matter the situation like if you're whether it's like a mutual thing or not but like after deciding that you do need to move on like um for me i've never been able to do that without having some significant distance 
in space time from the person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, allow that's yeah, that's been my experience as well. And we were we were actually physically separated by states at that point. But, <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I like I totally one hundred percent am on board and it's it's so weird because I'm kind of uh, time doesn't necessarily heal all wounds or in any sort of time frame. I don't really know what I'm trying to say except no, like, I I agree. In my there's yeah. it's somebody's like oh, however long you were with you know so and so, it's you know whatever twenty yeah, like, percent of that time, yeah, two hundred and twenty percent of that time. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, no, it can it can and has been years in some cases yeah where it's just like i don't i'm not even interested in anyone i don't even want to fuck anybody you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i do like you're yeah. just like done yeah for a really long time yeah and i think i think accepting that heartbreak or whatever feelings are coming up in you like i i know for the person who asked the question they fell for someone and uh this person just wasn't like reciprocated for a while and then withdrew and so yeah you know that's it's painful it's heartbreaking and that's unfortunately like the radical acceptance that Tara Brock mentions in her book is really necessary yep. in those cases because there's no amount of distracting yourself that it will help you heal. And yeah, I think you're right. In some cases, like there are things that take years or, or that you never get over and that you just have to be like, well, this is part of me now. Mm -hmm. That's a great book, by the way. We'll put a link to that in the bookshop. Radical yeah. Acceptance by Tara Brock, who, by the way, also has meditations on Insight Timer, <laughs> That's which are true. great. Yeah. And, she, and Insight Timer, um, get at us with that sweet sponsor money. <laughs> You're just getting all the free press on this episode. I know. We're just giving you a taste of what it could be like. That's right. Yeah. I do to love. Get them hooked. <laughs> I know. I do love Insight Timer. That's that's my favorite meditation app and I've tried like six meditation apps. So, Oh yeah. 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 There's so many and there's, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to keep talking about them until they give us money. <laughs> Draw the line. <laughs> yeah. <That's right. laughs> um, let's see here. Oh, I had a, I have a um, short anecdote if you want to hear. <laughs> I do want to hear. Okay. So, Something that I was talking about earlier um, brought this to my mind. So I used to go to college for like a couple of months in Vermont. And then I left and I went back like maybe a year or two later to visit some friends. And this college, it had it had a number of famous writer types associated with it. Um, Mary Oliver actually taught there. Hmm. And I met her during, I don't know, I met her during some new student thing. And I, I always ask writers the stupidest fucking questions. Like my mind goes blank. I don't know. 
Can I ask what, what are we supposed to know Mary Oliver from? Oh yeah. She has um, written a lot of poetry that is passed around quite a lot. That's just like okay. beautiful and will make you cry because it's so true about the human condition. And like, you've always wanted someone to tell you this thing. So Anyway, Mary Oliver was there, but also Jamaica Kincaid was there and she she didn't teach there, but she was married to one of the music professors, I believe. And Jamaica Kincaid writes anti-colonialist literature. Mm -hmm. uh, she was from, uh, I don't know enough ab about her, like as far as facts, but she- Listen, Google <laughs> Jamaica Kincaid. This is not a Jamaica Kincaid podcast. Yeah. Will you please let Ty get on with this? Yeah. So the point is, like, I had, I was really, really as a teenager and really into, like, what is it called? Intersectional feminism that looks at race and ingrained racism and systems and structures and stuff like that, bell hooks, whatever. And Mm. Um, anyway, so I'd read a bunch of Jamaica Kincaid and, and she's a fierce, no bullshit writer. And it's it just, um, anyway, so the point is she was living with the music professor somewhere near campus. And I was going to visit a friend who had recently been kicked out of the college. And so she was living like right across campus or something mm -hmm. and this was this was in the days before cell phones <laughs> and um and so my friend had given me directions on how to find her place and i didn't have a car i was just walking so i was just wandering around campus looking for this cottage that my friend had described and i found it finally and knocked on the door, no one answered. So I waited and waited and then knocked on the door again, no one answered. And then I just opened the door and it was unlocked. And I was like, okay. So I went in and I was calling for my friend and no one was there. And I looked in like all the rooms. I went upstairs, saw like the bed was made. So I was like, okay. She was staying here, right? And there was a drip in the um, bathroom sink that I still remember clearly. <laughs> so like drip, drip, drip. And I was like, okay, this is a sign of life. So maybe my friend has gone out and she'll be right back. And so, um, so I went downstairs and I sat in the living room in on the couch and I was waiting and waiting. And so I accidentally fell asleep. <laughs> and... I woke up like I had no watch. I did had no phone. I didn't know how much longer it had been, but at least 20 minutes. So I woke up and still no one was in the house. And so I was like, that is so weird. So I left the house and was just like, I got to go find a phone and fucking call her and figure out what is going on. Mm -hmm. And so I called her finally when I found a phone and she picked up right away, which I was like, where were you? I was there. I was waiting for you. And yeah, of course, I'm sure everyone knows by now, I was actually trespassing in Jamaica Kincaid's house. And nice. so 
I was like, I just colonized Jamaica Kincaid's house. <laughs> oh my God. And I just, uh, I was like, that is the last thing she needs at her age, her accomplishments, like everything mm -hmm. she's been through, like all the things her people have been through. Yeah, she she does just not need like, like <laughs> Yeah. My couch, my nap. I know. It was yeah. it was really, really awful. And I still feel like so guilty. I guess I'm telling the story hoping for some kind of like to feel better about it, but I still feel like I really invaded. Well I did. I really invaded. Um I, yeah. I was mistaken and um I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's uh, too little, too late. <laughs> and I think that's just a grief that you're going to have to take with you to your grave. I will. Okay. I definitely will. Yeah. Thank you. Good advice. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Did you have anything else? No. Let's Let's get off the horn. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Rudderless. If you like our podcast and you want to help us out, you can rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can also send us your questions. We really want to hear from you. The weirder, the better. And you can get those to us on Instagram at Rudderless Podcast or by email at rudderlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do that at anchor.fm slash rudderless. You can also contribute to our better audio fund there if you are so inclined. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in a week or so. Bye.